Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hello, and welcome to episode 14 of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. Today's episode is called Movement is Medicine. Oh, it just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? It does. It, I think it, it's it's what we've been saying for the last few weeks. I feel like we've been saying movement is medicine. It's cool to see everyone sharing the um, the posts that we put on the Instagram page as well. Absolutely. It's about, yeah, spreading that positive message and helping everyone feel good. And we're here to really talk about something that I'm super passionate about. And I know you are too, obviously. Mm. Every day you're training, working hard and all of that. Um, I work as an osteopath. So this is really our bread and butter, isn't it? Well, it's your bread and butter, but I'm here for the ride as well. Fantastic. <laughs> You're always welcome to come for the ride. So today we've set it up as a Q&A style. We really like how you guys have been sending us questions and we want to see it through your eyes and where you're at and what you want to know. So thank you for always sending those in. Mm, and I guess you guys will know, like both Danny and I are very open on our Instagram about injuries and niggles and things like that that we've had um, in our own experience. So mm. we would really love to share our own journey and what we've been through personally as well. Yeah, so let's get the ball rolling. Cool, so straight off the back with Miss Mishy Wilson, who to see when injured? Yes, very good question because there are so many people out there, whether you're a physio, chiro, osteo, exercise physiologist, mm. masseuse, yeah. remedial massage. Balinese massage. Balinese massage, that's it. <laughs> There's so many. So it's really a matter of finding someone that works for you. Yep. And the thing is, a lot of practitioners practice differently. Mm. I know now I identify really kind of as a lifestyle osteopath. So what that even is, I just coined that term together because I'm like a mixture of an osteo, a PT, a physio and all of that. So mm. it can get a little bit confusing for people. Mm. And something to realize as well, like regardless of what sort of practitioner they are, whether they're in the health and fitness industry or a different sort of industry, all practitioners practice their own beliefs as well. Like yes. they're all governed under the same, I guess, standards and rules and regulations, but they all have their own biased opinions. And that's not um, a bad thing at all. That's a good thing. That's why there's exceptional specialists in certain areas. So mm. it is about finding someone that you align with and realizing that uh, not all the same practitioners under the same banner practice the same you know there's good personal trainers and there's shitty personal trainers yep um but they may serve different people at different stages as well so it's just important to know that like if you've had a bad experience with a chiro or a physio you can't i guess get a bit of taste in your mouth for all chiros and physios yes because that's just a big umbrella term exactly yeah mm. and Word of mouth referrals are great. If you've mm. had a friend who's had an awesome experience with someone, make the effort to go travel a little bit to see them. I know we often try to find someone in the vicinity because it's uh, really convenient, but I don't know, the chances of someone you mesh with uh, are slim. So just really make the effort to try and seek someone out, whether that be, as I just said, referrals or on their social media. Mm really just try and find someone that you click with. Yeah, and I guess the main thing is to just initiate and seek help. Yep. Because if you go and see a Cairo and the care's not appropriate for that practitioner, 
all good practitioners should refer you to the appropriate service. It's yes. the same as you go if you go to a GP for you know some sort of issue that you've got going on uh, muscular-wise, they should refer you to the appropriate practitioner. Yes. It's all about referral in health and fitness, and you know you, you're not doing the wrong thing by just seeking help. The main thing is that you are asking for it. Yes, absolutely. And I love referring people out to someone mm. that I feel that they can serve them better, whether it be for nutrition or whether it be for if they just want. Um, maintenance massages and stuff like that I know that's not what I do so I love saying hey so-and-so I've got a, an amazing client for you mm. and it's just about teamwork yeah and it's about like at the end of the day they just want the best result for you and to serve you yeah uh, that's what it's all about so referral is key so you can't really go wrong it depends on where you live as well do you know what I mean like mm. um coming from a small country town we didn't don't have a lot of those sorts of options whereas mm. when when you're in the city I guess you've got you know at your doorstep any sort of practitioner that you'd want any specialist so yeah. you know it is about I guess what you've got available and accessible to you but just like Danny said word of mouth really is a good way to go about it yeah absolutely and always just trust your instinct mm. definitely we can't take everything too literally I know that they are the professional but if something doesn't sit right with you always oh, get a second opinion second opinions mm. even yeah. third sometimes yeah yeah and yeah like Danny said trust your gut like if you're like oh I don't know you know there's nothing wrong with getting second opinions yep. in, in anything dental yep. anything get anything. second opinions that's it yeah all right i think we covered that one let's move on to the next question so this one's from coco mel uh is it good or bad to have that sore feeling after a workout oh okay yes so it really depends what we mean by sore so it's a little bit tricky to describe pain it can be sharp it can be dull it can be an ache it can be mental pain, emotional pain. So we ne really need to be present and say, okay, what am I actually feeling? Mm. So if anything is sharp and really painful and you're like, oh, I haven't had that before and it just doesn't feel right, then no, that is not normal. Mm. But you, there's a thing called DOMS. Now you'll know all about DOMS, Sherelle. We crave that <laughs> feeling. So let's just Do explain sort of in simple terms what DOMS is. Yeah, so delayed onset muscle soreness mm -hmm. generally comes on um, the day or the following day after, uh, after we've had an intense exercise workout. Because when we are training a muscle, we're essentially breaking down um, the muscle, t putting little microscopic tears, mm -hmm. and then it heals back up. So, uh, and that's how our muscle sort of remodels and rebuilds and how we get stronger and grow more muscle tissue. If delayed onset muscle soreness is normal. It doesn't necessarily mean that that you know you have to be sore after each workout to mm. have had a good workout but it is expected and if you are a beginner new to the gym you will experience doms uh, particularly in you know the first sort of month of training or so yeah. uh, it will uh, fade off and get better and get you'll get less doms so to speak mm. I know sometimes like I don't get an awful lot of doms nah. anymore if I do have a really hard training session or my um training split or exercises or anything changes up a bit, then I will have DOMS. Yep. But if you are a newbie, you sort of do have to expect the DOMS to begin with. Yeah, and if it's too bad to the point where you feel like you need a wheelchair, just pull back a little bit. Yeah, you know? ease up. It's ease a up. good sign. It's a good sign. Yeah. And like, look, I'll, I'll like, you know, 
few weeks ago, I went to the gym and crushed it and couldn't walk for three days. There like, you go. You know, so but I know that was too much. I'm like, yeah, look, I can't even lay on a foam roller. That was yeah. too much. Um, so you just got to go with your gut and everything. And that's why we say to ease into it. You know, yeah. if you're new to the gym, just start with, you know, two workouts a week or three workouts a week and just take it easy. Yeah, yeah. So if it's sharp or really sore, no, it's not normal. Mm. If it's sort of achy in the muscles that you deliberately worked, then yeah. yes, it is normal. Yeah. I know with patients at work when I'm asking about pain and stuff, if they, if like physically you can see it, but if they're cringing their face and doing that, yeah. that's when you know it's not good. Like that's too much. That's too much pain when they're screwing their face up and and that would yeah. probably be the same. Like if you're actually, if it's taking your breath away or you're having to cringe your face up, uh, that's that's painful. There's a difference between like experiencing um, like a sharp pain, like Nana yeah. said, and then just rather a dull ache that's bearable, that's more discomfort, we would say. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Spot on. And, you know, the whole no pain, no gain and push through the pain. I don't really like using those terms. I don't believe in it. They're quite dangerous and people take them really literally. Um, yeah. I always have people be like yeah I've had a really sore knee for so long but I just pushed through it you know yeah. and and they want me to go yeah you fucking pushed through it but I'm like no that's when we stop and reassess yeah. and have a look at why it's actually sore yeah exactly and I don't believe there should be any sharp pain in the gym there should be no sharp pain no. Look, if you're getting a needle yeah you're gonna get a sharp sting but mm. like sharp pain in the gym no you probably need to stop reassess and think why is that happening absolutely Beautiful. Um, so moving on, we've got Ruth Ray Lee Cannon. You're doing great with the names. This <laughs> is the best. This is not a strong point of mine, guys. <laughs> uh, mentality through rehab. So managing limitations without believing you'll always be limited. Yes, this is huge because people go and see practitioners and receive a diagnosis because yep. that's part of the job description sometimes. Okay, let's give this person a diagnosis. You mentioned that with GPs as well, right? Mm. Um, yeah, so they almost feel like, okay, we have to diagnose this person with something. The person, they use all fancy terms. The patient takes one or two words mm. that scare them and they hold on to that and go, oh my God, my back's fucked. Like the, they used all these fancy words that I didn't understand. Yeah. I now have X, Y, Z. Yep. And then they identify with that. And that can be really scary. Yeah. Like, that's not fun at all. No, and it's the same as, like, anyone that has, like, any chronic illness, like MS or if they're diabetic or something mm. like that. Um, practitioners unintentionally refer to them like, oh, they're diabetic. And they, they hold that label to themselves and they almost think, oh, yeah, like, I have MS. Like, this is me. Yeah. And it's really dangerous because then you instill that mindset and the fear and an identity that that's all they are. So, yep. you know, you really see that um, come through with health professionals when they do say all those, you know, fancy words and, and you do label yourself as this diagnosis. Yeah, definitely. And then back to the question, will lead to the limitations and limiting beliefs? Well, I have this. I can't do this now. Mm. And all of a sudden it's that mindset of what you can't do. Mm. But it's really important to reverse that and focus on what you can mm. do because there is so much we can do. But it can be challenging when there's people with more authority and knowledge in the area telling you you can't do this because yeah. uh, 
perhaps you can't do X, Y, and Z, but you can do these other things. Yeah. Um, so I think if you're in that limiting belief as well, you sort of probably need to probe those questions. Yes. If you're feeling a bit intimidated and everything like, it's like, okay, I can't do this. Let's have a bit more of a growth mindset around it and think about what I can do. Yes. And yes. sometimes those people might just need prompting because uh, at the end of the day, we are there to, to pick up on what's going on and diagnose Mm, and mm. that's just the medical model and the way of doing things yeah yeah and and if you leave the appointment without a plan of what you can do then you got to take a bit of ownership to we're all about i'm all about giving the power back to to you and then so ask questions right what's something that i can focus on until the next appointment. And I always make sure that they leave feeling really positive and, and they have homework mm. of things that they're to work on without adding in extra stuff. So communication is everything, mm. really is everything. And if you don't feel comfortable after an appointment with someone or you're really confused on what to do, it's important to not rest. Like don't sit still, go seek that second opinion. Yeah. Absolutely. So the only times that we should really rest that area is if we have a broken bone. Let's just say we've broken our leg. All right. We don't move a broken bone, but there's so much that we can do. We can work the other leg. We can work upper body. We can do so much. Just for some context as well, like if you've had a total hip replacement, we get you up within six hours after the surgery. There you go. So like the, the name suggests, movement is medicine and we want to promote blood flow to the area. We want to promote movement so the body knows it's safe to go there and yep. it's safe to repair and move forward. So I think as well, when I've had back issues in the past, I used to be a bit fearful of going to the gym and oh, I can't go to the gym now. Yep. And you know, training's like a big passion of mine. So to not be able to like move my body and go to the gym and get those endorphins and feel energized was hard because I felt like, oh, I've, I've literally like I've wrecked my day because I, yeah. I've got this pain now and I can't do anything about it. And actually not moving is going to make it worse. Definitely. Um, it wasn't until one of my mentors sort of said to me one time, he's like, you know what, sometimes, and I wouldn't recommend this, but he's like, sometimes when I, you know, my back would flare up, I would come in and deadlift and do some light deadlifts and really refine my form and listen to my body and feel my back if it was pinching at all perhaps my technique was off like Mm, mm. and he sort of changed my mindset about thinking like oh like maybe going to the gym and doing what I can do and listening to my body and using all those pain signals as Mm -hmm. data Mm -hmm. or those discomfort signals and yet when I did like I was like I can do so much still like I can still you know and it surprised me as well with what things I couldn't do like with some upper body like pressing being like oh no I feel that in my back when it's sore today yeah you know and that was good feedback absolutely because that's all injuries are it's just feedback on what we're doing and what we need to change and I love that you said it's data because it really is and when I get someone come to me and say oh I can't deadlift I've done this and that that's the first thing. I don't do it under heavy load. I replicate that movement pattern and have a look. Yeah. Okay, why can't you deadlift? Yeah. Oh, it's it can be as simple as just a slight tweak in technique. And then all of a sudden they can do it mm. as well. But there's a whole amount of psychology behind it. And it's really important to, to start very in a minimal way and then build upon that slowly 
to build up confidence. Yeah, um, and like move into it, like Danny said, slowly. Like when I started going to the gym after having some back flare-ups, I would do like a really brisk walk on the treadmill and just do a little bit of cardio just to remove my body again yep. rather than just going in and deadlifting. Yep. Um, it's just about baby steps and experimenting. And then sure enough, like the next day, I actually woke up, I felt better. Like, yep. you know, encouraging that recovery in your body to move again is just really beneficial. Definitely. And an analogy that I love to, to put out there, if you imagine a pond, right, it's stagnant and it grows moss and all that crap in it um, and it gets dirty. So that's like our body as well. If we're stagnant, everything pulls and all the chemicals and toxins just stay there. Now, if we compare that to a flowing river, like the Mount Franklin water, mm. we drink that, it's crystal clear because it's always flowing. That's the same as our body and healing. Mm. Yeah, so we want to be like that river flowing, everything's moving, healing. Um, yeah, nutrients get moved around the body. and mm. yeah. That's a good analogy. And something that I used to think about as well is like, when I would get, this is a bit weird. When I'd, get, <laughs> <Here> we <go. laughs> when I'd get sick or like a weird lump or like something like that, I'd be like, okay, I can go all investigator on myself and like figure out what's wrong with me and then like rehab myself and try and fix it and, and use it to like grow your knowledge from. Like if you've yeah. got an injury, what's going on? Like, you know, figure it out. Like this is great. It's a chance to like prevent any future shit from going on yep. and like use, be your own experience. Yep, we're our own scientists and experiment. Yeah, like don't just put that accountability into someone else and and if you feel like um, other people are taking that power away from you, then you're really working with the wrong people. You need to be involved in your own care. Yeah, because as you mentioned earlier, it's really about what we're passionate about as well. So obviously I've been a PT for nearly 10 years and we didn't learn much exercise rehab in the osteo degree or oh, in any degree or, well, not in the PT either. So we don't learn it <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I just so dance much, around a lot of things there. So but much of it's experience and mentoring and everything. Yeah. And that's what we sort of highlighted at the start is that, you know, there's there's more than one way to skin a cat. Definitely. We use that in like every podcast. That's <laughs> Anyone with all these four cats? <laughs> all right. There's more than one, one way to skin another way to, to what? Skinneroo? I don't know. Skinneroo? Kangaroo! Oh. <laughs> God, I'm just... <laughs> That's the best. Sorry, guys. What is That's another what... analogy for that? There's, There's two sides to every story. <laughs> the early bird catches the word. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Um, um, just on that. So, yeah, focusing on what we can do and we are not our diagnosis. Seek help. Seek help. <laughs> Uh, moving on to the next question now. Uh, Mlin7728. Oh, yeah. How to recover from bulging discs in back L5S1, been battling it for over a decade? Oh, this fantastic question, So, Mlin. Before we get into it, Danny, Dr. Danny. Yes. Bulging disc. What is it? Okay. So, we often hear the phrase, I've slipped my disc. Now that's different to a bulging disc because mm. the thing is we can't actually slip a disc. They don't slip, they don't go anywhere. We have fluid, without getting too technical, we've got our bones in our spine and then in between each bone is a little sack of fluid mm. and that takes force and pressure. So if we always um, repeat a movement such as bending forward all the time, under load, under load, what can happen is the fluid can push back a little bit. It doesn't slip. It just bulges a little bit towards the back and that can cause pain when it presses on a nerve, for example. And then the pain can go down our leg or something like that. So 
in order to recover from bulging discs, so this happened over a decade ago, guaranteed it's healed because tissues take probably maximum six to eight months to heal. Yeah, so it's definitely healed. Now, what's probably remaining is the patternings in our body and our posture. So, for example, if you hurt your back when bending forward, there can be many weaknesses around that, such as a weaker core, weaker glutes, poor posture, um, things like that, that actually caused that. Mm. So rather than resting, it's really important to look at the movement saying, okay, which ways am I comfortable in moving, i.e. bending forward, bending back, and we need to strengthen the opposite. Mm. Because that's what rehab is. We spend a lot of time in one posture, whether it be at a computer, bending down with shit form, now we need to strengthen the opposite. Mm. There's no need to fear movement or disc bulges yeah. at all. And a great quote that I read before um, mm. was that there is no such thing as a bad posture, just one that we spend too much time in. So, yes. you know, some people that are, you know, getting these back support things in the car and everything like that, well, why not just have a look at how you're sitting in the car yep. and address that posture? Um, you know, we're often told pull our shoulders back and, and sit up straight and, and really explore that neutral spine and what is giving you the pain. And um, I guess uh, when she says been battling it for over a decade, well, is it the bulging disc or is it the movement pattern? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what you really need to break it down to is like, I was the same. I was like, oh, my back. Well, it's like, okay, well, what really pisses my back off? Like yeah. what exercises piss my back off? It's it's not the barbell. It's certain movement patterns uh, or it's certain volumes or it's certain intensities or it's all of the above combined together. So you need to like break that down. You know, it's not that leg press. Mm. It's that movement pattern. Do you get it when you do a high bar squat as well? Like you just need to look at what's causing it. Yep. And it's really important with discs. So the the main thing is if there's a presentation in the lower back, it's related to the hips and cores, hands down, because our glutes don't work well, our cores on holidays as well, the lower back's gonna do all the work. Mm. And of course it's gonna get pissed off. I'd be pissed off if two of my friends were at the beach and I was always working. Yep. So it's like, <laughs> you know, and it gets angry because it's working so hard. Yeah. So rather than focusing on always attacking what's strong i.e what's tight Mm -hmm. oh my lower back's so tight i need to stick freaking 100 needles in it no leave the lower back because it's freaking working so well we need to strengthen the core and the glutes yeah and let them bloody come to the party and, and do some work so there's no need to to fear the disc bulges just strip right back build a solid foundation glutes core get them working and then progress. Mm. That's how it works. And I guess something simple and constructive that we could um, share with you is both Danny and I actively prescribe like the McGill Big Three um, for stabilizing the core and the spine. Um, Sorry, strengthening the core and stabilizing the spine. So doing those real basic movements like planking, bird dogs, um, and then some glute exercises, activating your glutes properly, like what we spoke about in one of the other episodes. We both prioritize um, activation work. Absolutely. Doing those sorts of things over over time will pay dividends in injury prevention. Definitely, because I had someone come to me who had pain for 
almost 20 years and um, it was just a matter of I prescribed twice a day she had to do her core and glute exercises and people were like oh my god twice a day well cool you've been in pain freaking 20 years just do this mm. <laughs> sure <enough. laughs> Dr. Downey like, down. how long have you been in pain for all right cool um you know just give you you owe yourself this time yep do it and then yeah sure enough with some changes she became pain free now i'm not saying that i can just help everyone but it's just very similar patterns to everyone mm -hmm. we all sit down in a car bloody all the time we or we are overusing our lower back all right cool core and glutes mm. focus on that and we do live in a world these days where we are in that forward hunched position all the time so mm -hmm. like encouraging yourself to get out of that you know like laying on the ground for a little bit i squat sit a lot of the time like just putting yourself into different um postures and positions and just get into the gym and moving your body properly yeah and if you're unsure again ask for help we've yep. got a lot of exercises on our page um mm. that i love sharing and and all of that so that i use with my clients too but yeah there's definitely a lot that we can do for bulging discs cool i'm gonna leave you with this name no you have to say it <laughs> Okay, um, a great question from Kanal Yad Havana he 09. Beautiful. Not, how'd it go? Very cultural. Well done. <laughs> Will you be able to hold a flex spine, like sitting in a car, without symptoms after a disc injury? Great. And then this also crosses into the next question from George Gibson. Oh, this is testing my eyesight. There, oh, well this done. computer's quite far away. I can't read. Um, how to fix excessive lumbar lordosis. So basically these two people are asking, one person's asking, okay, we're bent over a lot. The other person's asking, okay, my spine's backwards. So you know how chicks did stick out their butt on Instagram and KK. all that? And I used to do it. What's KK? KK? Kim Kardashian. Yeah. yeah, you know, stick the glutes out. That's lordosis. So basically under load, how to fix both of those, so whether we're sitting in a car or we have a barbell on our back, is to strengthen the opposite. Kunal asked about bending forward, so we need to strengthen him bending back. Mm. Georgie or George uh, mentioned bending back, we need to strengthen them bending forward. Mm. So it's really just about creating a solid foundation that's equal on all sides. And then yes, you can do it. Yeah, I think a big missing piece of the puzzle is core strength. Oh, yes. Isn't it? Like, <laughs> yes. Like, I don't That could be the podcast, just that sentence, the end. You can never do enough, guys. Like, nah. unless you're planking for 24 hours of the day. Like, I challenge you to try and do too much core. Just, like, is there a thing, core muscles too tight? No, <laughs> actually, no, because we're all lazy and we don't breathe properly. We're yeah. all breathing into our chest, yeah. not into our belly. So ideally, in an ideal world, we should be doing a quick 30-second plank either yeah. side twice a day forever, yeah. really. Yeah, because but we don't. Naturally, you know, you'd be crawling on the ground and we'd be doing all these movements. And it's why, I guess, a lot of people that do yoga and all these sort of flow movements, like generally like really flexible, don't have a lot of back issues. They've just got abs of steel mm, but the thing is if you've got a yoga person to go mm. try and power lift they'll yeah. be cooked because yeah. they're not stable so it really depends on what your actual goal is now i'm not saying yoga and pilates is bad because it's actually amazing there's 
we spoke in last week's podcast um, with Hattie that there's a time and a place for everything yep. and everyone. It really just depends on your sport because there's no way you'd have a big powerlifter about to squat 200 kilos wanting their spine to be bendy. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. But then you wouldn't want someone who um, participates in yoga to be as stiff as a powerlifter. Yeah. As long as there's no pain, then we're good. Yeah, and it comes down to you as well. Like some people may never have to, you know, plank twice a day and some people may have to. And unfortunately, that's just life. Yeah, there's worse things that we can be doing. Mm. But one thing that I do want to mention is we can't actually ever get out of alignment. There's no such thing. Mm. I get people come to me in the clinic saying, my rib's out. Like, where is it? Is it in your hand? Did you pick it up? Like, where is it? <laughs> My spine's out. No, it's still there. Like out in the town? Or? Where is it? Where's it going? Why didn't you invite me? <laughs> Seriously, so it's, yeah, we can be rotated in certain ways. Now, Usain Bolt, fastest mm. sprinter in the world. He has scoliosis, meaning his spine is in an S shape. Yeah. Imagine if we tried to make him look like a textbook. If he came into clinic and like, right, your spine's out, it's in an S shape. We put him straight so he looks like an anatomy textbook. Do you think he'll be the fastest man? No, in the world? exactly. No way in hell. Yep. Except, mm. Yeah, that's a gr- that's a great point. Like, mm. it just comes down to your sport, your preference, your symptoms, your pain. Yeah. You're an individual. Yeah. If you come in and your spine's in an S shape and you don't have pain, freaking awesome. Yeah, Leave it. Exactly. Good. Let's not let's don't try and fix what's not broken. Absolutely. All right. Moving, Moving on. on. Ooh, jinx feminist. <laughs> Greeny <laughs> underscore two three six. Greeny. Have you had any major injuries and how have you dealt with them? So you sort of touched on with your back a little bit um, mm. and what you went through and Yeah, I guess when I first started training, um, I wish I'd sort of got a PT or some help at the start because mm. I have done, must have done something to my back many years ago, maybe probably four or five years ago. And it's just been sort of a little bit of a chronic issue from now on. And I occasionally still get flare-ups, but two years ago, they were so frequent. They were like weekly. Mm. And I was just, it was so frustrating because I'd be like, couldn't go to the gym um, or I was in fear of going to the gym when I'd get these back flare ups and I couldn't pinpoint what I was doing wrong. Now I'm sort of breaking down all these other little niggles and issues that I've got. And you know, you refine and refine and just get better. Um, But over time, like I've I managed to sort of really space those flare ups out to sort of, you know, they were weekly and then they were monthly and then now every second month and now they're sort of six monthly um, and when I do get a flare up I know what I've done or I can pinpoint as to like what's happened you know yep. I've been um, in a bad posture sitting down all day for too long and for me that does flare up my back um, I know that my my core needs work like mm. I, I'm constantly doing lots of you know side planks and lots of core activation before mm. I squat and deadlift um, and that's just something that will forever I'll forever have to do mm. um, so it is just about but we all do to be honest yeah. before we squat and deadlift we need to be warming up and activating our core and glutes yep. and all of that um <laughs> So yeah, like I've learned a lot about my my personal case and I get a lot of messages asking like, how do you rehab yourself and all this sort of stuff. And I'm really reluctant because it's been such a big journey mm, for me mm. because even now when I look back at my check-in photos from years ago, I'm like, wow, look at my anterior pelvic tilt there. It's huge. So meaning her... Um, KK. Yeah, her bum's sticking out. Yeah, like... My, I had such an excessive, even my rib cage sort of shifted forward. Um, 
So that, yeah, it really shows how tight your back muscles would have been to pull and then how weaker your core were on the front, which yeah. most of us have. Hugely. And yeah. I should even like show, like on my page, I think I've got a comparison where I spoke about it mm, because mm. I'm like, oh my God. And as soon as I started correcting these issues, to be honest, um, the hip thrust was really rehabilitating for me. And then obviously the core work as well and, and just any other little niggles. But once I started putting all these pieces of the jigsaw together and sort of putting my body back together and really focusing on uh, refining my technique in the gym and really stepping back to baby steps uh, my glutes blew up because yep. finally my back had that relief and I could transfer that force to the targeted muscle that I wanted to initially use Perfect. you know and everyone was is thrusting all these heavy weights on the hip thrust but you know and I was one of them but <laughs> great was, my back was yeah. getting a good workout yeah. because my glutes no because i was so anteriorly pelvically tilted <laughs> that i couldn't scoop my pelvis up yeah, yeah. um so that's when regression is perfect so always yep. starting on the floor and a lot of people who i've had come in being like yeah i thrust 100 kilos they can't even do it properly without weight it's yep. like shit yeah like i know i hold their head and i'm like go no because when you hold their head it stops prevents sort of misaligns that sort of scooping upwards have you ever done that with someone no i let them do all the work <laughs> i just hold them down yeah you're like fucking do it but when you really do try and focus just on keeping ribs down i use ribs, ribs down, down ribs big down. breath in chin to your chest and scoop it's it's a funny sort of feeling it's like they're like what yeah like, we're not used to yeah it. they don't know what they're doing um awesome so yeah that's how i guess i've sort of that's the only niggle that I've really had. I mean, I yep. had a little bit of a hamstring recently, but to be honest, it's it's from the back, isn't it? So yeah, it all flows all on. But it it's it's been good, and you know, it's I'm not fixed. I'll forever be probably rehabbing myself. Well, see, I don't like that language one bit. Oh, God. ah, there we go, Doctor Danny. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, Cheryl? It's a perfect example of identifying with injury. No, that's okay. <laughs> this is why we're here to catch each other out and. Um, I want to make it a bit awkward for Sherelle because now she'll never say that ever again or she'll remember this moment. Is that I'm, right? I'm embarrassed in front of thousands of people. I'm sorry. No, it's relatable. <laughs> now everyone's going to be like, oh my God, I relate to Sherelle because everyone does. Yeah. And that's freaking awesome and I love you. But don't fucking ever say that again. Because <laughs> you won't be. You won't be. What about you, Dr. Jack? Yeah, let's put it on me now. On. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell so me about the rib. <laughs> the rib, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, when, when it happened, I was late for an aeroplane. I had a big, heavy mm. bag on my shoulder and then I was running, running, running as soon as I got to the gate and I'd missed the plane anyway. I was like, holy shit, my rib really hurts. Now, I went and spoke to Andrew Locke, who's a physio at, or he's the god at um, Pro Raw. He's like, how'd you do it? I'm like, I was running for a plane. He's like, no, how'd you actually do it? Like, that wasn't the reason mm. why. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, shit. It's never actually that last tip of the iceberg. There's always underlying things. So my core was weak <laughs> as well. It was stronger on one side. Those muscles got really tight and pissed off. And then it rotated my rib. My rib didn't come out anywhere. It didn't go anywhere. It didn't jump on the plane. It was just rotated. Um, so then again, by really focusing on what I could do, movements, I was still moving. I avoided things that hurt and were sharp and then just focused on core and glute strength. And mm. again, that's, yeah. And the rib came back to the party. 
It came back to the party. So, no issues exercising. You haven't had any injuries in terms of deadlifting or squatting. Well, that was that was um, really hindered my exercise, and that was in prep. Yeah. But because there was just so much that I could do, I'm like, all right, mint. It didn't actually stop me. Yeah. I just changed programming. I've hurt my back deadlifting, mm. but that's when I was booking an eyelash appointment, and then within 30 seconds, I went yeah. to the bar, didn't put my lats on properly. So it's all been real, yeah, technique, postural based yeah. stuff. Yeah. And yeah, like we said, when we do do something like that, Danny and I are probably really good now knowing why. Mm. Oh, I didn't turn my lats on. Mm. Oh, I didn't, you know, do my bird dogs. Oh, I was rushed. Yeah. Um, but we understand that that's not, like a lot of people aren't so in tune with their bodies and that's fine. And that's yeah. why there are professionals and trainers and other people out there that you can seek that expertise from. Definitely. Because they will ask you about all these sorts of questions. Even you might not put those pieces together, but that's what they're trying to figure out is what is the actual root of the cause. Yeah, that's our job. It's mm. what we do. Mm. All right. Right, let's move on to the shoulder. So Erin McAvoy X, I took this name for some reason, <laughs> advice for training with winging scapula. So this, I get this question a lot actually because a lot of people have it. So what's a winged scapula? Flying to the party. Yeah, so if you, yeah, if you think of like a chicken wing, you put your hand behind your back and then all of a sudden your shoulder blade's sticking out. So what we have a lot of muscles that attach to the shoulder blade from the top, from the sides, mm. front and back. If one is a lot stronger, then our shoulder blade is gonna move in that direction. And a lot of us have really tight and strong upper trap muscles, so above our shoulders. And that's gonna pull the shoulder blade forward and then the bottom part of the shoulder blade is gonna stick out and it's gonna look like it's winging. Mm. So that's what it is. Advice for training with a winging scapula, strengthen the other muscles that hold it. So the serratus anterior. Now those exercises are a bit tricky, so those listening can't see me doing the action, but I'll post some exercises for that, such as bird dog. Mm. Um, rotating outwards with dumbbells, things like that, that are really gonna strengthen all the other muscles that are weak. Mm. And that's the general theme with with that. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and like as well, like strengthening all the muscles in your back, like anything on the, your posterior chain as well, yeah. will really help. I love face pulls. Yeah, they're, they're a really great. good one. Um, they're the, all awesome. The thing with a lot of these sorts of exercises is that they're supposed you're supposed to do them with a light weight because yep. a light weight is heavy for those muscles. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people do is they're yanking at the rope when they're doing face pulls and they're not, mm. you know, um, really controlling the movement, squeezing the muscles, and um, you know, it's not like a leg press. No, definitely, you're spot on, and that's when the upper traps will work because they love moving under momentum and heavy load. Yeah, we're trying not to to let them. Yeah, work. we're they trying to up. use the weaker muscles. Yep, and then on to the next one. Me. Yep, Carly. <laughs> Carly Denman. Yeah, nice. Yep. Um, <laughs> that's a it's an easy one. Good shoulder stretches because these arms can't go past my head. These arms can't go past my Ooh, head. I love some shoulder mobility stuff. Yeah, I love that you said mobility and not so much stretches. So mm. Sherelle posted some really good shoulder mobility where she used a broomstick and put it over her head. The only thing is I'm gonna be typical Danny again and saying stretches and everything is just very short term. Yeah. They're not actually beneficial. To be honest, they only feel good when we're doing them and then as soon as you stop mm. it's useless mm. so again in terms of shoulder and getting your arm past your head mobility from what Sherelle said getting the upper back moving think Fiery. about it we're always hunched over of course your shoulders aren't going to go past your head 
we need to really allow that extension. So bringing our spine back and then you'll be able to get that mobility over your head. So again, strengthening what's weak not stretching what's strong and tight mm, and it's not about just stretching a muscle so that you can put you know get your body into that position but it's about becoming strong in that end position yeah and that's why i like things like prone lateral raises and using the broomstick and everything because even though the broomstick's like what a kilo mm, that's still a even. lot for those little tiny muscles in that strength weak position that we're putting our body in yeah um so yeah, it's about making sure that you're not just stretching your shoulder and forcing it into that pocket because mm, it is one like you know the most mobile joint in the body. So it's gonna eventually go there if you keep putting it, but it's about strengthening those muscles as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's it's we've got so many themes that have uh, been for every sort of scenario mm. with our recovery. So uh, the the last question regarding shoulder was. Um, FH underscore K, pain in the upper back while doing overhead presses and incline bench. What should I change? Very relevant to the above too. Strengthen all the muscles around the shoulder blade, allowing it to sit in a comfortable, safe position, and then adding that mobility through the upper back. And then you'll be able to, with good technique, press overhead, bench on an incline or flat, pain free. Yeah. Mm. And a lot of these questions, it just really um, makes me think that a lot of these problems could be resolved if you followed a well-balanced pushed pull styled program mm. you know exercise prescription is really important and making sure that you've got like the appropriate amount of pushing and pulling and horizontal and vertical yeah and if you just train your body in a way that it's supposed to be in a balanced sort of way yep. doing all the main movements core push pull lower upper yep. whatever um, right. all these things will resolve over time mm, definitely and I, that was brilliant and just to add in one more thing using unilateral work so one side at a time say we're right-handed we're using our right arm for a lot of things we need to if we jump straight on a lat pull down your right arm is a lot stronger it's going to take more mm. of the load we need to be doing single arm exercises nice and slow practice that movement patterning to then address the imbalances because if we're squatting two legs leg press lat pull down everything's with two then they're not going to catch up to one another mm. so really addressing it with uh unilateral work yeah. and we can be handed a golden program that sounds good in theory and it's got the perfect scientific ratios and all this stuff but if our technique is poor it's not going to happen so a lot of these online programs that don't actually have exercise screening like what we do then how are we to know that you're actually performing it properly you could be doing a seated row but you're not actually moving your shoulder blade back and then therefore you're not training the right muscles. It's so, so true. So technique is king. And it's so true because it's something that I'm really big on with my girls is like, I don't care sort of how much you're doing in the gym if it's rubbish technique. Yep. Like I need to see what you're doing um, so that it can one, give me the confidence to prescribe you know, the appropriate exercises that you're up to mm. and give you progressive overload because, yep. you know, you've got to earn those rights. Like it doesn't matter how many sets or reps or weight you're moving if the quality is crap. Absolutely. And everyone wants to be on the barbell straight away, but we've, I've had to have many conversations saying, cool, we're just going to put the barbell away for a little bit. Let's get, we'll nail that single arm work. We'll really get you feeling out of pain, moving well. 
and then progressing. Mm. And, and we've had to do that with our own training say, to stage. I was about even. to say, guys, like there's yeah. been periods where I've taken the barbell away and been like, nope, Sherelle, even you need to drop it down a bit. Like, yeah, you know, it's fine. some of the best of the best will always say like, it depends or, yep. you know, there will never be a clear cut answer to everything. And that's why, you know, a lot of generic programmings and stuff like that are fine and they have their place and purpose. But if you're having injury and you're trying to rehab yourself and you're cycling through these styles of training, well, you probably need to seek out help and yep. get a program that's going to align with your goals. Because if you're having injury, they probably shouldn't be body composition strictly related. It should be nah. moving pain-free and getting your body in a position to perform well. Yeah, because you're not going to like lose weight and do all this if you're sore because you're not going to be working to maximum capacity anyway. Yeah, exactly. So, Paying yeah. dividends in your future health and fitness journey by sorting this shit out now. And that's something that I'm like, yeah, look, I'm too young to like have back injuries and stuff like that. And I work with a lot of like nurses and midwives that have that live with pain and injury. Mm. You know, mm. Susan's done her rotator cuff again, delivering yeah. a baby and Sally's done her lower back, moving mm. such and such. And like, it's so normalized now in my industry yeah, and it shouldn't sad. be. And I just, I always say to the younger girls, like put the bed up, like mm. get another person. Don't reach over. Like, yeah. you know, when we're transferring women after having epidurals, from bed to bed or, you know, in emergency situations, it's sort of expected that, oh, you'll just sit in that position. Yeah, you know? that's... And it's it's not. It's not okay. I'm always like, look after your body because yeah. it's your longevity in this career. Definitely. We always want to look after others, but if we don't look after ourselves, as we always say, we can't pour from an empty cup, whether you're a nurse, a mom, whatever you do for work, like mm. look after your own pain and, and wealth, wealth, well, that too, your wealth health is, and well-being. Your health is your wealth. There you go. That's Bam. perfect. Thanks for covering that. Um, should end on that. Yeah. Your <laughs> health is your wealth. Definitely. So just to recap on today, we've seen a lot of uh, real themes, whether we're talking about upper body, lower body, prevention, rehab simple is best okay mm. just remember we spend time in a certain posture we need to strengthen the reverse of that and it's as simple freaking as that yeah and often um a lot of the things that we hate doing in the gym are probably the things that we need to do more of yeah. as well so you know it's not that complex it's like cool you hate split squats you probably need to do more of them that's right that's why they're hard because you don't do them yeah less is more guys and you know the best of the best um can do the things that they do now because they have mastered the basics mm -hmm. and a lot of people miss that basic step uh, at the start and i think it's because as well you know with social media and everything we see the high reels and the advanced and the 100 kilo squats mm -hmm. and we don't see them starting with the broomstick on their back and yeah. but that's a fundamental part in all of this yeah yeah so I suppose it's um, our duty now to really show what we do from start to finish of the workout and, and really demonstrate, yeah, yeah, we do start with the broomstick. And if that's something that you guys want to see more of from Danny and I, because, like, I don't think I have anything on my page squatting with a broomstick. Like, mm -hmm. if the, the real basic stuff, like, I know Danny has a lot of informative videos um, in regards to technique and things like that, but, yeah. you know, I'm sure we have some dirt that we could dig up on, on our Definitely. old stuff. So let us know if that's something you want to um, see more of. But thanks again Yay. for tuning in today and um, episode 14 being a couple of days late. We do apologize mm -hmm. for that. But if you did get anything from this episode itself, please do take a screenshot Share it on your Instagram story. Tag myself, tag Danielle, and tag the Level Up podcast. Hashtag movement is medicine. Oh, yeah. <laughs>